I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. This is going to be one exciting show, let me tell you. I am just thrilled beyond belief with the United States Supreme Court decision on carry licensing, the New York State Rifle and Pistol case versus Bruin. It is an absolute masterpiece of an opinion written by the finest judge on that court, Judge Thomas. Justice Thomas just did an amazing job. Let me tell you, this opinion is better, better than we ever anticipated it could be, beyond our wildest expectations. You know, working for in this area, I mean, for 40 years since I wrote my first book on getting a concealed carry license, this has been just a dream. This show, I am going to tell you how to get your New Jersey carry license. And I'm going to explain the impact of this magnificent landmark decision. I am so happy to be able to do a show where I'm going to tell you how to get a carry license that used to be impossible in New Jersey, with the exception of less than 600 elites that could get licenses for a whole state of 9, 10 million people. Not anymore, my friends, not anymore. The average law-abiding, honest citizen as long as objective criteria is met, we'll be able to get a license to carry. And New Jerseyans can convert themselves from being victims into defenders. Finally, finally, we can start saving lives in New Jersey and making our state safer, beginning with each individual who can now have the ability to arm themselves with the most effective means of self-defense, a gun, and defend themselves against violent crime. This has not been available to the honest citizen in New Jersey for years, decades, decades and decades. New Jerseyans have been denied their right to defend themselves, but not anymore. It's extremely exciting. Like I said, I'm going to lay out the specifics of how to get your carry, but I want to talk more about how we got to this point and what it means and how significant it is. This case is actually bigger and broader and more impactful than just getting carry licensing. Justice Thomas laid out how the Second Amendment is to be applied. And he rejected the balancing test. He rejected the intermediate scrutiny. He essentially put the Second Amendment on the same plane as all the other primary constitutional fundamental rights like freedom of speech, etc. And he's put the burden the burden of proof for any law to be upheld as constitutional when dealing with guns, the burden on the state, on the government, on the government 
to have to prove, and not just a compelling state interest. That's not even the test when it comes to guns. The government has to prove, based on traditions, that this area they tend to regulate is something that was done at the time of the enactment of the Second Amendment. No, they better show that in 1791, this type of law, whatever it is uh, they're trying to pass, existed. And that burden to prove it is on the government, not on the individual. It's opening the door for immense challenges to every gun law on the books. But right now, without even any argument, without any challenge, without any question, that horrible, terrible requirement of an individual having to explain to the government and to a judge why they need to have a gun and to meet that extraordinarily ridiculous standard that no one could meet of justifiable need where basically you had to show that you needed to use deadly force before you needed to use deadly force for you as an individual facing individual threats and that carrying a handgun is necessary to avert those threats, that is no longer the case. They cannot demand that of us. In other words, as Justice Thomas said, the Second Amendment is no longer going to be a second-class right. At no, no other right do you have to convince the government before you exercise it. Yet that's what they did to gun owners. We're not anymore, my friends, not anymore. That is dead and gone. And this new day, this new dawn, this wonderful time is finally upon us. And essentially, the New Jersey government has capitulated. The Attorney General directive and even the governor's statement, oh, sure, full of all kinds of we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but you know what? Don't let them gaslight you, folks. The bottom line is they know and they've admitted justifiable need is done and dead, and they cannot require that to get a carry license. And that was their trick. That was their secret weapon to stop us from being able to defend ourselves. And that's been blown out of the water by Justice Thomas and the Supreme Court. What this court did is magnificent. What this court has been doing is not only just fantastic in terms of our rights, but I'll tell you what, you know, even though this isn't about you know, abortion or any of the other issues, I'm sure you know the, that leak of the abortion case and all caused an uproar. And what did we see? We saw intimidation tactics trying to be applied to this court. We're gonna, they want to pack the court. They were physically threatening the judges, illegally picketing their house where the Attorney General Garland was ignoring the federal law and allowing them to picket houses, even with an attempted assassination plot on Justice Kavanaugh. Oh, no arrest by the Justice Department to stop these protests at one's home, to allow the intimidation, not just political, of court packing, but the intimidation of physical violence and harm, and to delay the vote to provide security to the justices, and to just be ignoring this and promoting it even. 
to scare them and threaten them. And you know what? It didn't work. It didn't work at all. These justices stood tall. These justices had balls. They did what was right. And they stood up for the Constitution. And their originalist philosophy of the Constitution was maintained. They didn't buckle, they didn't bend, and they didn't give in to intimidation by the left. Didn't happen, folks, and I'm proud of them. It is a refreshing and amazing thing to see that. Because I'll tell you, you look at regular politicians and their backbones are normally a styrofoam. But not so with our Supreme Court justices. They're doing what's right despite the threats. And we've reaped the benefit, my friends. We've reaped the benefit where the great Justice Thomas has put down a decision here with such far-reaching applications in challenges to the gun laws, it's mind-boggling. I was talking to a friend, other colleagues that we do gun law work, and we'd fight a case and, you know, we'd win on an issue or here and there, and every win we cherish, it was like a nugget of gold that we could use to help others, and it just meant so much. This win is such an enormous win, it's like we hit the mother load, a gold vein so big, we don't even know how to mine it all. We don't even have a wheelbarrow big enough, okay? That's how big this is in the ramifications that are going to come down from this opinion. Am I excited? Damn right I am. These are the moments. Look, I've dedicated my entire career from the time I was in college with my first gun law book to this and seeing its demise finally. Oh, it's great. And I just know people are going to be safer. They're going to be able to defend themselves. And that the Second Amendment and what it really means is going to finally happen in New Jersey and New York and those states that have, that have just crushed the law-abiding citizen and the Second Amendment. So this is an exciting time. And, uh, you know, this was done... And it had, it had to be on. This was Justice Thomas's birthday when this decision was released. I mean, I think he you know, said, I'm going to give myself the greatest birthday present I can give and did this uh, opinion. And it wasn't only a birthday present to him, but you know, 335 million Americans got the greatest Justice Thomas birthday gift there could be. Liberty and freedom restored. Our Second Amendment right respected and given teeth and given and empowered, and empowered. This decision addressed so many things in it, not just this, but skillfully and, tact, and, and just with amazing tactical significance, preempted all the anti-gun attempts and attacks that they're going to do in advance. Even the thing, Murphy, oh, we're going to try to restrict areas. Well, restricted areas, they've been limited in the opinion. There are certain restricted areas you can do, but the very thing that Murphy's talking about doing has already been addressed in the opinion that you can't do it. It has to be now. So they're just ignoring what it Well, good luck with that. Because when you end up in federal court, 
because you violated the Second Amendment this time, then you can pay through the nose for attorney's fees and costs. And you can just keep paying pro-gun attorneys to take down your horrible laws and the state can just go broke paying for it, if that's how they want to play. Because the groundwork is laid for that, folks. It's laid for that. So let's talk about now, about the practical and how you can finally get what used to be, you know, unobtainable. You can now get and what it's going to take for you to get a New Jersey carry permit. When we come back from the break, I will explain in detail to the extent that I know how to do it at this time because there's still some things that are going to happen that uh, we'll talk about and explain what you need to do so you can finally defend yourself in New Jersey and for that matter, other states as well. And if you, this applies, by the way, not just to residents of New Jersey, but non-residents in New Jersey. New Jersey does not limit their carry license to residents because in their arrogance of never having reciprocity, they made sure, oh, any non-resident could apply too, and you'll get denied just like any resident will. It was the old thing about, you know, uh, rich and poor, you know, uh, treated equally, except, you know, under bridges and begging for bread, you know, both rich and poor can do that, right? Well, this is, but everyone could get disqualified and denied their, their carry license. Not anymore. Because of how the law is structured, every law-abiding, honest citizen in America can apply for a Jersey carry license, too. You end up having to come to Jersey, get your Jersey carry. You know, the state police, by the way, they are talking about that they're going to have this online, which I it's not online yet, but you can apply in paper, but they're apparently going to have an online application for carry. But they estimated, and they're preparing for 200,000 applications, 200,000. And I'll tell you what, that is an underestimate. 200,000, I'm saying, I'm thinking more like a million at least. But let's just give it their number and say 200,000 applicants for carries now. Like I said, I think it'll be five times that. But even if it's just 200,000, New Jersey's system is set up where first you get approved by the state, by, your, by the law enforcement officer who's the issuing authority, and then it goes to the judge who has to sign off on it. I cannot wait to see these county judges with tens of of thousands of carry permits on their desk to have to sign off of them for nothing. Why is this two-tier system here? They go, oh, because the old justifiable need where the judge would screw you on that, right, and deny you and not sign, well, that's gone. So now their little trick, their little procedure of it having to go to a judge too, all it's going to do is overwhelm the Superior Court judges with applications they have to sign off on for no reason. You're just going to schedule hearings on every one? For what? Not if they're approved. It's going to be bedlam in the courts. And they brought it on themselves. 
So you want to talk about changes that should be made, they better streamline this because the system's going to come to a screaming halt with the numbers. They have no idea. And I'm going to help you so that those numbers will be even bigger because I'm going to tell you what you need to do when we come back. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Hey, okay, everyone. Here we go. Let's get into the nitty gritty. First, I want to thank you for being dedicated listeners to Gun Lawyer. It's, it's the voice that I'm able to have to talk to you. So that social media can't shut me down as they love to do with, you know, algorithms and shadow bans and all their other tactics and techniques so that we can't get the word out. This gets the word out. And I'm getting the word out right now to you on what you need to know. Tell your friends. Subscribe to. It's free. Subscribe to Gun Lawyer. We're going to have more and more updates on this as things come and break, news breaks. But for now, let's focus on the specifics, the nuts and bolts. How do you get a carry license or carry permit in New Jersey? Well, here's the deal. If you go to the state police website where they have the FAQ, now granted it's the old FAQ, but it even says right on there, how do I apply for a permit to carry a handgun? It says if you reside in New Jersey, you must apply with the municipal police department where you reside. If the municipality where you reside is serviced by the state New Jersey State Police, you must apply at the station which covers your municipality. Out-of-state residents must apply at the New Jersey State Police station nearest to their geographic location. So there it lays it out straight out how that works. Your resident, you apply in in the to your municipal PD or to the state police if you don't have a municipal PD and if you're a non-resident you apply to the state police the barracks that is closest to wherever your geographic location may be now that's very simple and straightforward but let's get into the weeds here what is involved in the actual application what is it that the law requires and where do you even find this law The New Jersey permit to carry a handgun law is found under NJS 2C 
is the carry license statute. And it's really quite interesting because, remember, this was written thinking they owned the show, thinking that they could make it as obnoxious and ridiculous as they wanted to because Second Amendment didn't apply in New Jersey. And and now suddenly a lot of this stuff is going to reverse and bite them in the ass because of how they structured this. Let me, let me explain this right here. Like, take the first paragraph of 58.4. Scope and duration of authority. Any person who holds a valid permit to carry a handgun issued pursuant to this section shall be authorized to carry a handgun in all parts of the state, except as provided by subsection E of 39.5. Oh, well, really? Isn't that amazing, folks? Other than in educational institutions, all parts of the state. Why did they say that? Because they knew you couldn't get one. And the elites wanted to have maximum coverage. Well, there it is in the law. One permit shall be sufficient for all handguns owned by the holder thereof. But the permit, this permit shall apply only to the handgun carried by the actual legal holder of the permit. The permits last for two years. And the application forms which we're going to review what's in them and what's prescribed in the forms. We'll talk about that specifically in a little bit. They're, of course, subject to investigation, and uh, the application uh, is then either approved or denied by the chief police officer or the superintendent within 60 days of filing. So when you apply, they have 60 days, that's it, by statute, to decide yes or no. And if they take no action, it's deemed approved. That doesn't even exist on a permit to purchase or a firearms ID card. It's deemed approved if the chief takes no action. Unless you agree to an extension of time in writing, why bother? No way. And then after it's approved, then it goes to the superior court in the county where you reside or where you intend to carry it if you're a non-resident. And that's where the court has to then sign off on it. And so the court has to determine whether, as well as the police, by the way, when they did it, whether you're thoroughly familiar with the safe handling and use of firearms and that you're not subject to any of the disabilities, meaning the firearm disqualifiers, under 58.3 subsection C, which is the same criteria for getting a firearms ID card or a pistol purchase permit. And the third uh, requirement is dead. The third requirement was justifiable need to carry a handgun. Gone, wiped out, eliminated. So it comes down to what do you have to show? That you're a law-abiding citizen that qualifies for a normal possession permit and that you're thoroughly familiar with the safe handling of hand and use of handguns. Okay, so how does that work? How do you show that you're thoroughly familiar with the safe handling of handguns? Well, that has been interpreted. That has been 
put forward by way of administrative rule. And that administrative rule lays out the specific criteria. Let me just reemphasize, the Attorney General just put out a directive clarifying the requirements for carrying a firearm in, in the public in wake of the Supreme Court's decision. And what does it say before issuing? Ensure the applicant is not subject to disabilities that would prevent them from obtaining a permit to purchase a handgun or firearms ID card. Well, that's just what we just said. Conduct a background check that you're qualified to carry a handgun. And it, it does take three references, three reputable people have known the applicant at least three years, can verify that you're of good moral character, and ensure that the applicant has demonstrated they're thoroughly familiar with safe handling of firearms. Notice, no justifiable need. They, they, they know that's dead, it's gone. Not even trying to argue that anymore. And then the review of the application, according to the actual directive, they lay out in the directive that the Law enforcement agents shall continue to ensure they satisfy all the criteria. Okay, that's what they do. And they make sure you don't have any statutory prohibitions. Well, duh. They do background checks. Well, yeah, who expected that? A background check? Well, yeah, of course, right? That's what happened every time. Jerseyans are very used to that. And then you have to show the firearm familiarity. Okay. And there we go back to what is it that is necessary for this safe handling requirement. And this is where you're going to have to get that approved training course. This is the main distinguishing feature between the permit to carry and the possession permit. To possess firearms in New Jersey, there's no requirement to have training. But to carry, there is, and it's specific. And that, my friends, is found under the New Jersey Administrative Code under 13,54-2.4. And that is an admin code where they expand, they being the state police, have expanded on what that means to qualify accordingly. And what they say is each applicant shall demonstrate a thorough familiarity with the safe handling and use of handguns as indicated in the space thereon on the form, right, well, there, you're going to explain it and just say, and you put sworn attachments, and it's evidenced by the following. So here's the first thing. Completion of a firearms training course substantially equivalent to the firearms training course approved by the Police Training Commission. Now, any of these ranges that have training and they have certifications, uh, they're there, like my good friend uh, Anthony Calandro, Gun for Hire. They offer the PTC, the certified courses that meet this bill. You're going to need to complete that training course that substantially is equivalent to that PTC requirement. And that's found under 39-6J. That's NJS 2C, 39-6J. And what 396J says is that, you know, when explaining what the PTC requirement is, uh, is that firearm training course means a course of instruction in the safe use, maintenance, and storage of firearms, which is approved by the Police Training Commission. The commission shall approve a firearms training course if the requirements of the course 
are substantially equivalent to the requirements for firearms training by police training courses who are certified. And that's the definition. So you need to get that PTC type equivalent course, and then you have to submit recent handgun qualification scores utilizing the handgun that you intend to carry and it's by test firings and it has to be a certified instructor and it, but it can even be a certified instructor of the NRA so NRA certified instructors in the reg can do this certification and finally uh, the uh, uh, Valid certification of the appropriate instructor is submitted, and that's how you meet the substantial and safe handling requirement. So uh, that is laid out in the admin code, and there will be an absolute uh, cottage industry, my friends, of training for getting your carry license. So you need to find uh, the facility that can do it, that can give you what you need here to meet that requirement. As long as you do that safety and training requirement and then qualify without disqualifiers for gun possession, New Jersey's carry permit has in effect become a shall issue. You believe I'm saying that, but it's true, it, because the entire criteria is is now objective, objective criteria, nothing subjective, like justifiable need and distorted and contorted by the courts and later by the legislature to be some impossible standard. No, no, no. If you want it, it's doable. You get the training and you qualify otherwise for a firearms ID card, you can get a carry license now in Jersey. That's a, and, and you don't even have to be a resident. And I'll tell you, a lot of folks from surrounding states that travel into New Jersey, how much, you know, you live in PA and you got your PA carry, which is a very reasonable permit to acquire. How many of you would love to have your Jersey carry? So you don't have to disarm coming to Jersey. Right? or any other state, for that matter, that you're coming from. Because New Jersey, you know, uh, is the drive-by state, right? Every driving through, constant, well, you can now be covered. And this is just critical to our freedom and not becoming a, a victim of New Jersey's gun laws because, uh, as you know, the penalty is draconian otherwise. Nutty, off the wall, off the charts. You carry a handgun without a license in Jersey. You're looking at 10 years in state's prison and a minimum mandatory three and a half years. Well, now you can get a shall issue permit, and you're good. So that's, uh, that's really exciting. And when you look at the actual application, it lays out the normal questions. It's basically essentially the same questions as you would fill out for the firearms ID card or pistol purchase permit. The only real distinction here would be, A, the anything about justifiable need, which is no longer applicable at all, 
and then needing to get the three endorsements of your uh, references that require the notarization, etc. So it's a little more of a hassle on that, but it's not terrible. And we'll finally be able to see this take place in New Jersey. If you go to the state police website, they have even an application process that they've put out numbered. And they say you submit the permit to carry a handgun in triplicate. And uh, all references must have known you for at least three years. All original copies must be notarized. Submit four color passport photos. Complete your mental health search form. Then five said submit justifiable need reason. Well, that's no longer allowed or constitutional, so forget about that. Written proof of qualification with the handgun you intend to carry and must be done with a certified firearms instructor. Money order of 50 bucks, that's what it costs. And that's what the state police lay out. But the only change, I believe, is that it's going to be available online. So you actually be able to fill out and apply and do it online. At least that's the rumor. So that'll be a great advantage to our ability to get these processed quickly and done. And right now, you know, they're still getting the bugs out. I'm sure they're still trying to lay out a bureaucratic procedure. I'm sure they'll try to scramble to make things more difficult, but plainly the roadblock, the provision that caused so many honest people to be victims of violent crime, murdered, dead, that could have possibly fought and saved their lives, the blood on Jersey's hands by those people that were denied their right to defend themselves, at least those days can finally be over. And so that's a good thing. And we owe Justice Thomas, and we want to wish him the happiest of all birthdays. That is one birthday I sure appreciate. We look at this opinion, and we look at its impact, and I'm sure that we'll be doing many shows about other impacts, and as developments take place here across the country, with this greatest of Second Amendment court decisions. Really, probably the greatest ever written, even though I love Justice Scalia and what he did in Heller, of course, groundbreaking, and Justice Alito and McDonald applying it to the states, and we couldn't have this today if it wasn't for those, those greats, those awesome justices. But this one is just special. So special, this recent opinion. Ah, it's a good day. We can finally talk about a win for us. It's like hard to believe even. We actually won something, right? No, we did. And we won it so big, so enormous. It, it, it defies the ability to quantify it right now. And that's what time will tell. But believe me, it is the most important event in the right to keep and bear arms in American history since 1791 when the Second Amendment was ratified. That is how significant this is. And I'm not under, I'm not overstating it. 
in any way. So this is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.